0: Welcome back to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. The second week in which Chris is quarantined, and uh, Chris, you are almost—you're a week, a little more than a week, or a little less than a week away from being out of self-quarantine.
1: No, are I'm you- done.
0: I'm oh, all you're good, t- man. Yeah, you're—you're so you're already done.
1: Yes, I'm already done. My 14 days are up from the time that I had contact with the person that. company was concerned about me being in contact with if that makes sense and no it was not rudy gobert it was somebody else
0: ah i thought it was i thought it was uh two weeks from like last thursday or friday but you okay so i guess it's from the day in which you were in contact with that person
1: yes that is correct well so so
0: now (laughs) so so much good that the uh self-quarantine does i mean obviously it, it was a good thing for you to do and and you know, but now you're quarantined because the governor tells you to be quarantined,
1: right? Right. Doesn't so it? nothing has nothing has changed for me over the last couple of days, even though I'm technically out of self-quarantine. It's not like I can actually do anything. It's not like I have anything to look forward to. And I don't want to go outside, Hayden, because it's 30 degrees outside or something like that. It's supposed to be spring here in Ohio, and yet apparently it's still wintertime.
0: So you can't go to like mcdonald i mean i i don't know i don't think i wouldn't go there anyway yeah exactly i don't think you're a huge food person but like would you go to giant eagle or would you go to you know oh yeah like cbs have you been since you were out of self-quarantine
1: in fact i went to walgreens the other night to get some candy for movie night oh very nice what movie did
0: you see or watch i should say (laughs) Because you didn't see it in the theater.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think anybody's going to the theater at this point in time. Um, It actually didn't happen because On Demand was not working at home, which was a bummer, by the way, and that needs to get taken care of because um, I don't know if it's just my cable service. um, I don't know if it's other people's, but I've been seeing reports of people having issues either with bandwidth. um, Sometimes Netflix streaming hasn't been great, uh, and on demand wasn't working for me the other day, so was not able to take advantage of that. Uh, that's
0: unfortunate.
1: I mean, that's I know.
0: you know, we're, that's what we're all kind of relegated to at this point is books and movies
1: and and TV shows. We got to have all that bandwidth. I know. Have you seen any reports of that? Like I, have.
0: I no, I you know I've seen like a couple people saying, oh, you know, my my cell phone service hasn't been great, but other than yeah. that, I haven't seen too too much.
1: Okay. Have so you I been
0: don't... catching up on your Netflix or have you been? Uh, I've been catching up with some movies. Some okay. Movies. I'm a I'm a movie guy. So I I saw um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All uh, right. I got uh, Richard Jewell in the in the queue. I got um uh what uh, there's another uh Ford vs Ferrari in the queue. So okay. Some movies. Been catching up with some movies more so than anything. Um, it's just like I don't know. It's just the time that I, I've been reading some books. I've been. You know, working with all this corona like every day there's a press conference and yeah, I know my job my job is kind of switched from sports to uh, coronavirus coverage, which is fine. Again, I'm I'm not complaining at all. It's it's just it's I wish we were covering the games like you like you said last week. I wish we were covering games and you know other things happening, but just not too much to talk about in regards to the NBA right now.
1: It's funny. I mean, I miss basketball so much, but the other people around me are missing basketball as well. Um, My mother-in-law, she actually was watching the game the other night, the one that Fox Sports Ohio played, the win against the Miami Heat where Kevin Porter Jr. had a career-high 30 points and he went nuts in the fourth quarter. My mother-in-law was so excited to watch that game. She texted all of us in a group message saying how excited she was um, to be able to watch it. And I guess that if you're – I don't know if you're in the mood to watch some Cavs stuff from this past year, Fox sports, Ohio is going to be playing uh, more and more games throughout the course of the season. I think there's uh, a game against the Denver nuggets that they won on the road trip, um, back in January, that one's going to be playing in the next couple days. Um, and then there was one more, I don't remember which one it was, but it was another one of those, um, fun games, uh, exciting games, uh, one of the rare wins that they've had throughout the course of this year, they're going to be playing like a lot of those different ones. If people want to pay attention to that.
0: And I've seen a couple of uh, the uh,
1: broadcasts of the championship parade for sure. (laughs) They've
0: been replaying that like crazy. That's going to be a go-to
1: for a long, long time. Hayden, you know that. Oh yeah, for sure. I
0: mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, what's funny too. and, And it's not so bad. I've been seeing a lot. I'm obviously, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big social media guy because that's a lot of my job. I kind of tend to stay on social media and and go through everything, but I've seen a ton of like old like highlights from like seasons gone by and like LeBron highlights and Kobe mm. highlights and you know like Shaq in his heyday and that's been kind of fun to watch like. From afar, like these these um, ESPNs and Fox Sports and Bleacher Reports have all been putting together these, you know, highlights of old players from the past and their biggest games. I've been really into re- really into watching those. I know they have been playing like old LeBron high school like highlights and uh, yeah. Kobe Bryant high school highlights. Uh, it's been it's been cool to watch those. Have you caught any of those on the, on the social media channels?
1: I have not seen those, but today I was watching eight minutes of Kyrie Irving highlights because it's his birthday, obviously. So because it's his birthday, I forget, I think it was Ball is Life on Twitter. They tweeted out eight minutes of Kyrie Irving just breaking dudes down, breaking ankles, scoring buckets. Um, So that was really, really fun to relive some of those. And um, he is one of, to me, in terms of NBA players, Hayden, He is one of the most fun players to watch in this league. Like, I would watch him over somebody like Giannis. I would watch him over somebody like Embiid. I would watch him over maybe anybody not named Stephen Curry. Just because, like, the things that Kyrie does, they're just mesmerizing in a way that some of these other guys, like, they're great, um, and they score at a high level, and they're in the MVP conversation. But I just... I'm in awe every time I watch Kyrie Irving play basketball.
0: Chris, that is so funny that you mentioned Kyrie because obviously you're right, it's his birthday. It is. But, and we and we can talk about Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie's a really interesting guy to talk about in regards to, you know, the fact that he has such a We can talk I wanna talk I mean, I would like to talk a little bit because we don't have we don't have that much to cover in regards to the the cavaliers and things actually happening in the, happening in the league right now. I wanna talk about, a little bit about Kyrie in regards to just his overall legacy and what he's you know what he's about but I mm. had a dream I had a dream last night <laughs> okay. that, that, now I, I know I know that that's always a bad way to start a sentence but but I had a dream last night that we were it was me it was me you were in the dream you were you were I don't I don't remember like what the context of it was it might have been like a USA team USA basketball thing or something All But right. we were both we were both covering it And, like, I ended up talking to Kyrie for, like, 15 minutes, and you ended up talking to Kevin Love for 15 minutes, and then we switched. Uh, (laughs) Believe me, I don't know where we got, (laughs) I don't know where or why this thing got started, but I remember just, like, Kyrie Irving at, like, my mom, I got home to my mom in this dream, and I was, like, my mom was, like, well, what did you do today? She's, like, I was, like, oh, I talked to Kyrie Irving for the first time in, like, three years.
1: Oh, my God.
0: That was the dream. (laughs) so random. Okay. Yeah. How about that? How I'm about surprised
1: him? he actually talked to you.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But that's. I mean, maybe. maybe it was something to do with his birthday. Maybe I saw like a highlight or something. And it just, I guess so. Like, oh.
1: My mind. I have no idea. It's always strange where those kinds of things come from.
0: Oh my god. Yeah.
1: I mean, it yeah, is usually it is usually sparked by something. Either you see a tweet from him or post on Instagram or something. That somebody is talking about related to him. Um, I don't, because when was the last time you even thought about Kyrie Irving, Hayden? Because uh, he he obviously didn't play in the most recent game between the two teams. He hasn't played for a long, long time. So I, when's the last time you even thought about him? Well,
0: I yeah, it must have been a something with his birthday or something. They I guess there so. must have been an Instagram tweet or something. I mean, because I'm with like I remember like when when I when watching Kyrie Irving play, I mean, I'm with you that he is probably one of the most special offensive players I've ever seen. Just in the way that he can, uh, you know, I, I forget it used to be maybe it was uh, Ty, Ty Lu who used to say basically, you know, there are no holes in Kyrie's offensive yep. game. He can do absolutely right. he can do everything. He can do everything well. And it was just so fun to watch him. But I, I actually haven't seen Kyrie either play or in person since he came back on that first night uh, after he got traded. I
1: think It's interesting that you bring that up because I was thinking the other day, who was I talking to? I don't remember who I was talking to. I've talked to so many different people. I have found that during this quote-unquote quarantine, and I don't even know if that's the right word for it anymore. I think the whole world is in quarantine at this point in time. So I'll phrase it as like, in this whole quote unquote physical distancing that so many people are practicing. I don't like social distancing because you're still socializing with people in other ways and you have to, otherwise you'll go tr- crazy. Yeah. Um, That's but crazy. during this physical distancing, I am talking to more people either over the phone or text message. Um, and, and I try to talk to as many people as possible during the season, Hayden, because Yeah, You talk to sources, you try and get information, but these conversations that I'm having now have ramped up to a level um, that that they just aren't usually during the regular season for me. So I can't remember who I was talking to because I've been talking to so many different people either over the phone or via text message, but we were talking about just the Cavs rebuild and, and where it is now and the feel of it and and I've been getting a lot of questions lately, Hayden, about like, can this team be a playoff team in 2020, 2021? And obviously people are riding the wave of what happened before the league shut down with how good the team was playing, the wins against Philadelphia and Miami, um, some playoff teams mixed in there. Um, the way that they were performing under JB Bickerstaff and, and looking like they had this, this new life and this new sense of belief in all those things. And I keep going back to something Like, in the early stages of the first rebuild post-LeBron, the Cavs had Kyrie. And, like, to me, that's what this rebuild is missing. Like, that guy, Kyrie, whether um, you loved him or didn't, um, whether you loved his style of play or didn't, and he was very polarizing at the very beginning of his career here in Cleveland, the way that Colin Sexton was. But no matter how you felt about him and his playing style and whether you could win a championship with him, he just brought a new level of hope, right? Because you see him going to all-star games and performing on the biggest stage with those guys. You see him winning rookie of the year. And, like, those things just don't happen for just any young player. So to me, when I think about this rebuild with the Cavs and I spin it forward, That's the piece that's missing here. Now, can it be Darius Garland? I don't know. I've got my doubts. His rookie season's been horrible. Can it be Kevin Porter Jr.? He's very, very exciting. He's enthralling. He has the talent, I think, to be um, the most accomplished of the young guys part of this core. But he's still up and down. He's still inconsistent. And that's going to happen with 19-year-old kids. Can it be Colin Sexton? Like, all signs would point to it maybe being Colin because he's been the most productive of any of the young guys over the last two years. And before the league shut down um, in the two months before that, he was like the, one of the best players in the Eastern conference. Um, but I still just like Kyrie brought a level of hope, a different level of hope that I feel like this rebuild is currently missing. Do you feel the same thing?
0: I do feel the same thing. And you know, I think m- maybe it was because Kyrie was the first overall pick. You, know, mm-hmm. do you think that? Do you think that as a part? I mean, I know it's kind of uh, it's getting maybe not silly, but it's kind of just just because Colin Sexton wasn't a top five pick, wasn't the first overall pick. Do you think that that automatically just lessens the hope that he can't be a cha- you know a franchise or a franchise changer like Kyrie was? Do you think just because? I mean. Obviously, we can talk about what what you saw from Kyrie at Duke that might be a little different from Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. But do you think just being the number one overall pick can elevate that hope? I mean, was Anthony Bennett giving the Cavs hope, or was that just, you know... Yeah, I think, again, I I think it's both Kyrie being the number one pick and the talent level that kind of gave the Cavs hope, whereas Colin Sexton definitely wasn't a top five pick, still had a lot of kind of seem just wasn't as you know heralded as Kyrie I suppose
1: yeah so I think that's probably what it was like I think it's a lot actually you know yeah. Kyrie went to Duke he was a ballyhooed recruit Um if you think about him back in high school he was one of the best players in all of high school basketball I think he was a first team parade all-american or something like that so five-star from rivals, five-star from ESPN or however ESPN does its grades. It was probably, if not the best point guard recruit coming out of high school, the second or third best or something like that. So that was always attached to him. And then he went to Duke, a basketball program he was considered – um, to always be one of the top players in the draft, even though he didn't play a bunch of games at Duke, he showed enough in those 11 games. And then he came back during the NCAA tournament, and there was so much excitement surrounding his return to the NCAA tournament. And he played well, I think, in one of two of those games, mm-hmm. whichever it was. Um, so there was just like all those things that were naturally attached to him from the very beginning. And then, yes, he was the first overall pick. And then, yes, on top of that, he won Rookie of the Year. And I think that mattered a lot. And he was NBA All-Rookie first team. So you combine all those different things, and I think that ties into it. And I think, I'm glad you brought this up, Hayden, because I feel like Colin Sexton has been fighting against things out of his control since he came into the NBA. Um, And there's nothing really that he can do to change that, no matter how good he has played, um, and he has been very, very good before the shutdown. and And his first two years, I don't know that the Cavs could ask for much more from Colin at this point in time. Um, so it it's been hard for him to change all of the stuff that 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 he got labeled as, and all of the things that were attached to him from the very beginning. Um, and I don't know what he has to do in order to change those things. Um, because if, if he hasn't been able to at this point in his first two years, given what he's accomplished as the eighth overall pick, um, I don't know what it's going to take. You know, he's, he's been the best of the young guys, Hayden, clearly the most consistent of the young guys. For sure. And yet. And yet, most people believe more in Kevin Porter Jr. than Colin Sexton.
0: Okay, I'm going to make a maybe not a bold claim, but I'm going to make a a, a I'm going to have a take, and it might be a little hot, but I don't I don't think it's that hot. Okay, I think when you watch Kyrie Irving play and you watch Kevin Porter Jr. play, they just looks so much it it looks like it comes so much easier and more natural and smoother to them and maybe that's part of the reason fans just automatically like i i don't know about you but at least when i watch colin sexton i don't see like a very pretty jumper i don't see like a very pretty way of playing the (laughs) game i see like a very i see a very like he I, i i applaud him because he works very hard he you know he he plays the game at 110 miles an hour all the time which is Sometimes bad, but sometimes good. He works and he he puts the effort in to whereas it it makes it look like he's working hard. Whereas Kyrie can go out and score 50 and looks like, you know, it just came like nothing to him. And maybe Kevin Porter Jr. the same way. What do you you feel about that?
1: Like just So I was having a conversation with somebody in the Cavs front office about this very thing at some point throughout the course of the year. And they brought up the same. Colin is not flashy. He's never been a flashy player. He was actually asking me, the member of the front office was asking me to find what I thought was his highlight moment of the season. And I was like, my goodness, there has to be something from the 41-point game, right? Because that was his career night. And I just couldn't find a standout play from that particular game. It was a great game by him. It was a career scoring night. He did it efficiently. But there just wasn't a standout moment within that game. I got, like, the only one that I was able to go back to, Hayden, was the left-handed dunk over, I believe it was Wendell Carter Jr. of the Chicago Bulls. And that was early on in the season. And that was a great, great play. But, like, what else did Colin do that night? I don't remember. That wasn't one of the better games of his career. That wasn't one of his better games of the season. That moment was... And when you think of Kyrie, some of his great moments throughout the course of his career, and even Kevin Porter Jr., like KPJ, the night that he scored 30, um, it was a career night. He rallied them back against Miami, and there were signature moments throughout the course of that game, flashy moments throughout the course of that game, that you are going to remember from that performance. So I agree. I think there is something to that. Um, I think there is something to how Colin is successful um, versus how Kyrie was successful and how KPJ was successful. It's just never going to be flashy for, for Colin. It's always going to be a workmanlike, business like 25 to 27 points. That's at least what he was doing recently. But in those 25 and 27 point performances, there just weren't anything's Uh, there just weren't any of those moments that were memorable that make you go, wow, this dude has something.
0: Uh, Yeah, and and I totally agree with that. And again, is that that something that's outside of Colin's control? Yes, it is completely
1: outside of his control.
0: But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, yes, it is out of his control, but at the same time, like, also... I, you, you, I remember Kyrie highlights in terms of just, you know, his ability to dribble and putting guys in yeah. their ankles. I think one of his first big highlights was when he put Brandon, you know, on his butt <laughs> in that, in that, um, yep, in that uh, rookie, rookie sophomore season. game. Yeah, yep. yeah. And it's like, you, I don't think you're ever going to see that with Colin and maybe that's just, and it's weird because, you know, Cleveland put, you know, uh, Cleveland puts itself as this, you know, blue collar, go to work, lunch pail town. Yeah. But in the NBA, it's kind of it's 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 just harder to appreciate, I suppose, than maybe other sports.
1: I would agree. Um, And it's unfortunate. And it doesn't change the things that he's accomplished and it doesn't change, like how good he's been in his first two years. But but I think it points to why people haven't gravitated to him as much. Um, You know, you're not seeing him on SportsCenter. You're not seeing him on nba's twitter because of some of these great moments the night that he scored 41 it was a career night it was a business-like workman-like performance i don't remember seeing anything about it on social media from the nba from espn from bleacher report from some of these other ones um and i i do think you're onto something in terms of like that contributing uh, to some of some of the lack of respect or lack of attention um, that he garners compared to some of his other peers.
0: It, it is crazy. And we end up, you know, it's funny about this podcast. I, I think, I think it's, it's, I think the he's obviously maybe not the most beloved because of what we're talking about, but he's definitely the most interesting because there's not something so tangible to make of what he could be, what he will be, what he is. I think he's such an enigma And obviously, with this Cavaliers team, he's going to be so important to the future and where it's going to go. Is it going to go in the right direction where he continues to do what he does? And I think, honestly, Chris, if he continues to do this and he continues to be a 25, 27 point guy, no matter how flashy he is, I think he'll end up being, uh, you know, beloved. But will he continue to be that guy? Will and will that help the Cavaliers? I think it'll all play into what uh, Colin Sexton ends up being.
1: And I don't know if he'll be beloved. I keep going back and forth. I don't know. I really don't. He is so polarizing. Um, There are so many things attached to him, like I said, that that aren't his fault. Like, it's not his fault that he's not Luka Doncic. It's not his fault that he's not Trey Young. It's not his fault that the Cavs took him over Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who, by the way, I, I... continue to say that the Cavs fans would hate Shea if he was here. They would talk about him not passing enough. They would talk about the flaws in his game, and they would focus on those things. Some of the same stuff that they bring up when it comes to Colin. Um, it's not his fault that, that he was the crown jewel of the Kyrie Irving trade. It's not his fault that he's what's left over because Kyrie decided that he didn't want to be in Cleveland anymore. It's not Collins fault that the Cavs decided they didn't want to trade the quote unquote Brooklyn pick um, in a fight for one last championship in LeBron's final year with the team. Like none of those things are his fault. Um, I don't even know if it's his fault that he was picked apart by his teammates early on in the season because it was a young player. It was a rookie player trying to find his way in the NBA. And, and a lot of young guys go through the stuff um, that Colin had to go through to find his way as a rookie. I just think the organization was in a different place and the message for the organization wasn't communicated properly about what they were doing, what the plan was, where they were going, what their intentions were. And there was built up frustration in the locker room because of that. And that ended up getting taken out on Colin. Like, I don't even know that it was his fault that he was criticized the way that he was by his teammates. I don't know what he could have done differently to avoid that sort of criticism. Um, So I think all of those things, people remember those from the very beginning. And once you have those labels, Hayden, it's very, very difficult to shake them. I mean, Kyrie was considered a non-winner for how many years? Think about it. Like, that was the knock against Kyrie when he was here. Uh, He doesn't pass enough. Uh, He's not a team player. He's a quote-unquote ball hog. Um, He doesn't share enough. Uh, He's not a winning player because they didn't win until LeBron came back. Um, And it took them winning a championship and Kyrie making the biggest shot in franchise history— for a lot of those early criticisms to finally go away. Um, Because once you have a label, it is very, very difficult to shake it.
0: Chris, you could argue, you could argue that Kyrie Irving still isn't necessarily a winner without, you know, on his own. Right? Or am I wrong?
1: I mean, could you argue that? Sure. Yes, you could. Um,
0: I mean, I'm not saying that that's my point. I think, so, So, okay, going back to the Kyrie thing, and again, you can tell me your thoughts on this as well, but my thought with Kyrie Irving is, okay, he wanted to leave Cleveland because he wanted to get out of LeBron's shadow. He wanted to kind of go and be his own leader on his own team. And thus far, obviously injuries have played a huge part in that. But thus far, it ne- hasn't necessarily worked out for him. And, I mean, obviously the Brooklyn thing will be a little different. Maybe that's an indication that he is willing to kind of have a, you know, a Batman to, or you know, a Robin to his Batman or a Batman to his Robin, whichever he wants to be. But, I mean, af- outside of, Le- of LeBron, it's fair to say that Kyrie hasn't really reached the heights that he I- – I believe that he thought he could get to.
1: You mean from a team standpoint? Yeah. So it's just so hard for me to go there because there are so many factors that go into that.
0: That's very true. I agree with that 100%.
1: I mean, when you're talking about individuals lifting franchises, how many guys in the NBA are truly capable of that, Hayden?
0: That's a great point.
1: So LeBron, yes. No doubt about it. Kawhi, yes. KD, yes. I think Steph, some would probably argue against that, but I still think Steph can. Um, I mean, can Harden even on his own?
0: Hey, that's a, that's a good question.
1: Because, I mean, like the knock against Harden is that he hasn't won the big one or he hasn't been the one to lead his team to that big series win, that big playoff moment, right? So, like, I don't even know, as good as he is, MVP, scoring title, um, there are questions about his ability to lift a franchise and be the ultimate winner. I, I just think it's the the list of guys that can do it on their own um, is so, so short. I don't even know that you can put Anthony Davis in that particular category. No. Now, he lifted the New Orleans Pelicans to playoff series, um, he lifted them into playoff contention. But, like, th- there were questions about his ability to be a, quote-unquote, winning basketball player. Um, or, quote-unquote, number one option, however you want to phrase it. So, it's just so hard for me to have that conversation with Kyrie because there are just so many things that go into it.
0: Well, I definitely – I mean, I definitely want to say <laughs> – something that I want to clear the air here because I think Kyrie Irving again is people used to argue with me and we used to have arguments with my buddies about him being a top five talent and I still believe that talent alone he's top five in the NBA but that's just my own opinion and I, I don't know if anybody I don't know if anybody outside of maybe LeBron James can lift like You know, when you look at maybe, okay, maybe LeBron and Kevin Durant are the two guys that can perhaps lift a franchise to a championship caliber. But other than that, I mean, Giannis hasn't really done it yet. Right. Um, Steph and Clay have done it together with uh, with each other and also with Kevin Durant. LeBron was in the finals for eight consecutive years in the Eastern Conference, took an injury and a bunch of, you know, players that probably weren't all that ready for a championship run to get them Mm -hmm. out of the playoffs last year you could argue that there are only two guys in the league that can elevate their team to a championship status.
1: Yeah. And, and here's the thing that I would, right. And, and I understand that. Um, and, and the guy that you were saying, um, in comparison is maybe the greatest player of all time. And if he's not the greatest player of all time, you think he's probably the second greatest player of all time. So like, there's a big gap between that and, and somebody else, right? <laughs> like, yeah. that's, That's an enormous gap, and for all the things that people have said about Kyrie and and going back to last year in Boston and the way things ended there, he had a really good season individually for the Celtics last year, didn't he? Like He was in the MVP conversation for a lot of the year, so the things that happened in Boston, yes, part of it was him, his style. His leadership style, his inability to connect, him being moody, um, him maybe pushing back against some of the other things that were happening within the organization. And those are things that he has to figure out. But um, I think a majority of teams in the NBA would take that dude in a second. And if you're talking about going into a seven game series where what he brings is so valuable, Like, the Warriors had no answers for him, and they had one of the better defenses in NBA history, right? And they had some of the great individual defenders um, of the last five years on one side, and they had no answers for the dude. Like, they tried Clay, didn't work. Tried KD, didn't work. Tried Draymond, no success. Like, that's pretty telling in terms of what he's capable.
0: He, I mean, uh, you're not going to get any argument from me because again, Kyrie is a super special player and it's it's kind of what, I mean, I didn't want to get too, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I wanted to do with this podcast because it's just, it's a time where we're all trying to navigate this, like you said, what do you call it? Social, not social distancing, uh, physical, physical distancing, physical yeah. distancing. We're all trying to navigate our way through this coronavirus and physical distancing and being without NBA games and being without all the stuff. I did want to get into the Kyrie thing. Like when you covered Kyrie, what were your, like, obviously people have kind of a negative taste in their mouth with Kyrie, but you were around him for a while and I was around him for a little bit. What, uh, what are your takeaways from Kyrie, who he is, what his game's all about, what his legacy will ultimately end up being?
1: Uh, I think it's still undecided. I think his legacy in Cleveland is set. I've been, I've been making the argument for years that he's the second most important player in franchise history. He's the second best player in franchise history behind LeBron. Um, I'll continue to say that given the importance that he had to the Cavs championship and given the importance that he had to the organization in a post LeBron era, um, so I think his legacy here in Cleveland is set. I think his, his legacy around the NBA is going to be defined by whether, um, whether he can reach the levels. Um, if, if you're talking about Kyrie as one of the best point guards of the last, I don't know, ten, five to ten years or something like that, uh, then he's going to have to win at a different level um, as the number one guy or the number two guy. Uh, I think that's oftentimes how these guys are judged, don't you? Like, oh yeah, that's what we use when it comes to Russell Westbrook. That's what we use when it comes to James Harden. That's what we use when it comes to Chris Paul. So if if Kyrie wants to be in that kind of conversation, we're going to be using the same arguments either for or against him. So I think it's still undecided. I think he's got a lot to prove, especially coming off these injuries he went to brooklyn for a reason. let's see what happens in brooklyn. but in terms of his cleveland legacy, i think it's set. i think it's always going to be set no matter how he left.
0: that's a very good point. do you, obviously you think so, here's something and i, I may, again, maybe this is just me draw, looking at things a little too closely. do you think because colin wears kyrie's number that has anything to do with it? no, i don't. no. no. uh uh-uh. uh. Even so, because I, because I believe, and maybe you don't, but I believe Kyrie's number two will be up in the Raptors someday at, you know, a quick and lag or whatever, the, or rake rock and mortgage or whatever it's called in the future. So even if Colin Sexton does, you know, end up with a great career, will he always kind of just be in that shadow?
1: See, I don't think he's in Kyrie's shadow. I don't right. think he's in any previous Cavs shadow. I, I honestly believe Hayden. The shadow that he is in, and this is just my opinion, it's been my opinion for the last two years. The shadow he is in is Luka Doncic's and Trey Young's. Yeah. And it's yeah. And, and Shea gilgis Alexander's, like to a lesser degree. But yeah. like those are the guys that he's going to be often compared to. And those are the guys that Cavs fans will will think of when they think of the draft class that Colin Sexton was part of.
0: Yeah. and again, it's
1: unfair. It's unfair, but like what people will see is it's two players from a similar position and a similar draft class and a similar age group doing things at a different level than even Colin has been able to do at this point. As good as Colin has been in the first two years, like he hasn't been luka. Luka is a starter for the Western Conference All-Star team and Trey Young is a starter for the Eastern Conference All-Star team. So when you have two guys at the same position, same age group, same draft class doing that, like that's going to be hard to escape that kind of shadow.
0: Do you ever think about I mean, I thought of, I think about this only because you know, we talk about Luka a lot. Mm. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago when Luca made his debut in Cleveland.
1: I and, mean, yeah. you know, my
0: family is from—I my family is Slovenian on my mom's side, and that's you know that's where, you know, my pa- my grandfather is from here, and from we we have a Slovenian background. So I was very interested right. to see Luca coming here. And I mean, I remember that night; it was h- such a huge outpouring from the Cleveland community. Could you imagine Luca in Cleveland? Like, I, d- I tend to think about what what that would have been like just because of the
1: cultural aspect oh. of it in addition to the basketball aspect of it there were so many people in the Cavs organization that thought it was meant to be yeah because really. of what you were saying right really. if, if there is such thing as basketball gods and lottery luck and 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 stories just attached to different guys they thought it was Luka in Cleveland because of the community because of the fan support i mean His first game, the crowd was nuts. I remember, oh, I remember going out to the court for pregame and and Luca coming out of the tunnel and people went nuts, absolutely nuts. And this was just for pregame warm ups, Hayden. Right. And Colin Sexton was sitting there and he was about to go through his warm up. And I remember looking at him. And looking back to see who was getting that kind of ovation, and he was like, That's not for one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> he was so stunned thinking, Hey, that must be Kevin Love, right? Or that must be, yeah. I don't know, some member of the Cleveland Cavaliers that would draw that kind of reaction. But it yeah. was for Luka Doncic in his first game here in Cleveland. Like, th- that was before Luka was like Luka. You know what I yeah. mean? Like oh, yeah. what he is now, where he's MVP candidate, Luka Doncic, maybe the face of the NBA future, Luka Doncic. That was even before then, and he was getting that kind of reaction. And Colin was just like, "Uh, they don't do that for us." <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes,
0: you are correct. I remember it well too, and it's it's crazy, but I, that's that's amazing that you said that. You know, people in the front office thought it was meant to be. I mean, and, Kind of like the, a little bit like the LeBron thing where, you know, the Cleveland and Akron connection
1: are just on this a little bit lesser of the same story. There is one member of the organization that will still not even want to have a conversation about Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets.
0: Oh, because that was what cost them, right?
1: Yeah, because him going on the run that he went on individually cost them lottery position because of... Some of the incredible shots that he made at the buzzer and some of the incredible uh, plays that he was making in the final few weeks of the season for the Brooklyn Nets to win games that people did not think Brooklyn was going to win. So when Spencer's name comes up in any casual conversation, like it looks like this member of the front office wants to vomit. Seriously. Or he saw a ghost. <laughs> or he saw a ghost. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes.
0: That's, I mean, that's how crazy they have, like, Yes, the Cavaliers have gotten lucky with Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett and Kyrie Irving and everybody else. But, I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that other – I'm sure other teams thought, have had the same thing happen or they thought they were in position. Maybe Zion Williamson. I don't know. I think right. – I, I feel like the Knicks thought that was going to be destiny. <laughs> it right. just has not worked out.
1: But it, But it goes to show you, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning – When you're drafted with the eighth overall pick, there are different sets of expectations, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But when you're a a first overall pick, you just have a longer leash to begin with. Yeah. If you're a first-round pick, you're probably going to have a longer leash to begin with, and you're going to get more chances, and you're going to get um, more patience, I think, in in some cases. Certainly.
0: Certainly, you're going to get more, I mean, yeah, more length, more, or more, yeah, more leash, more patience, just because people really want you. And and this is another part of the conversation. I mean, obviously, Cavaliers fans aren't rooting against Colin, but when there's a number one pick, they kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't seem like Cleveland, always, at least the stuff that I see, it doesn't always seem that Cleveland wants Colin to succeed, and I don't understand that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like at, at some sometimes when it comes to young players, um, we, and I mean this in the general sense, the general we make conclusions on guys so quickly. And, and we, again, generally speaking, don't give enough latitude for improvement and growth. We've determined that a guy can or can't do something. And that's probably a little premature when we're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, Um, especially when we're talking about the ones that play point guard or guard in the NBA because it's the most competitive position, and there's so much responsibility, um, and there's so much that you have to know, and the only way that you can know those things is by actually going through it. And you know what, Hayden, that's one of the reasons why I wasn't as hard on Darius Garland throughout the course of this year um, because of the circumstances surrounding his rookie season. Um, now, that doesn't mean that I didn't criticize him, because I did. In fact, in my most recent edition of Hey Chris, like I talked about him being statistically the worst player in the NBA this year, according to ESPN's Real Plus Minus. That's a fact. I talked about him being, um, or the Cavs as a team, being better, with Darius off the court, both offensively and defensively. That's also a fact. But in saying that, I think all those numbers require some healthy dose of perspective as well. And, and I just don't think anything has changed both from my point of view on Darius and the Cavs' point of view on him just because he was bad as a rookie. Oftentimes, these guys aren't drafted to be the best player in year one. You know, the thinking is, four, five, six years down the road, then maybe they can be one of the best players from their draft class. But but as we know and as we have seen throughout the course of NBA history, like the trajectory that one player follows is not necessarily the trajectory that another player is going to follow. And sometimes the developmental curve is going to be slower. That's, that's absolutely true. And
0: that's why they say most some guys are more pro-ready, some guys are gonna more right. projects and, and that's exactly what the you know the, all the draft talk is about. You know what the crazy part to me is, and I was just thinking about this, it's now March twenty third as we record this. Yeah. the next time we might be able to see Colin Sexton play in a regular season game might 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 be in what seven months from now?
1: Maybe. Maybe I'm even thinking, longer than that.
0: Maybe and yeah, may, yeah, exactly. Maybe even longer than that. And I, I mean, I don't know. Does that? And st- you mentioned Darius Garland being the statistically the worst. Like, I'm assuming that this is just a bad thing for everybody involved, not just you know, rookie. I mean, every every player in the NBA. This is not good. I mean, it's just a time where you're not really able to get the full benefit of working out every day. You're not right. really able to get the full benefit of you know playing five on five. You're just kind of we're all, we're all kind of in this boat where sports don't necessarily aren't, aren't even on the uh, agenda right now. They're kind of in the right. back there. But, I mean, so these, it's their livelihood, and they're kind of just right. sitting there like, well, what are we su- – I mean, how are we supposed to develop? How are we supposed to get better? I mean, do you think for Darius Garland and Colin Sexton and Kevin Porter Jr. and these young guys that this could be an, something that hinders them? Or do you think it's something that maybe they can find a
1: way to, you know, make them better? No, I think it hinders them because the thing that they needed more than anything was reps, game reps. And in meaningful situations, uh, there's just there's just no substitute for that kind of experience. Um, That was always going to be most valuable to both Darius and Kevin Porter Jr. Um, That was always going to be most valuable to somebody like Colin Sexton. Uh, Imagine being Colin at this point in time, right? So you're in the midst of of the best stretch of your career. Um, You just came off the best month of your career. You were starting off March um, carrying over what you did in February. Uh, You start to make um, big-time strides that your teammates are noticing, the coaching staff noticing in terms of making the right play, seeing plays develop, all those different things that so many people had a problem with, Colin. Um, both last year and at the beginning of the season, you're starting to do those things. And then the game that you love is taken away from you. And look, Colin is not LeBron. Colin is not Kevin Love. He doesn't have the facilities in his apartment the way that some of these higher profile guys do. Like, that's the other thing that you have to keep in mind here. Like, if you reach a certain status, Hayden, you have all these different workout facilities built into your house or maybe even a gym built into yeah. your house right yep. like if you're Colin Sexton if you're Kevin Porter Jr Darius Garland you live in an apartment downtown probably yeah in fact two of the three i know for a fact do and you just don't have access to the same resources i mean Colin's life he was living at the practice facility most of the time like that's what he did as a hobby He would go to the practice facility and he would get up shots. Now, what is he doing? I don't know. Riding a bike, trying to stay in shape that way outside if he can, Uh, working out with free weights at home. It's just so many things are unknown at this point in time. And so many things have changed for these guys and the access that they're used to having. Anytime they want to go lift weights, they go to the practice facility and there's a world-class weight room. Or if they want to put up shots, yeah. they can go anywhere they want to and get those extra shots. Now it's like they don't have access to those sorts of things, and it's got to be really, really difficult on them. Yeah, and it's and it's obviously never happened before. I mean, maybe during a lockout
0: or something, but nothing to this to this right. degree where you ha- literally like have to stay in your house. I mean, before you know, you could go to a local gym, you could exactly, there, and, and these sure. and these things aren't even open,
1: right. And they're not I mean, excited. if you want to go for a run at L.A. Fitness or something like that, you can't do that right Correct. now. Cannot. So it's just it limits the amount of resources available to these guys to continue um, to get better. And, and they're losing these development opportunities because this is the time of year where you're growing um, through playing. And they're not playing and they're not able to develop their game and work on their game in other ways, too. So um it's really really tough very tough just
0: an unprecedented un, unimaginable time really i mean never did we think we'd be living in a society to where nobody's for the most part nobody's really allowed outside and allowed to you know get together yeah. in other environments it's just it's it's crazy and uh, again i know that you're feeling the same way chris and my again my extended thoughts and um hopes for strength and happiness during this tough time go out to everybody listening. And um, you know that, you know, we're, we're with you for sure. We're, we're all struggling in the same boat. I don't think there's anybody who has it that much better than anybody else right now. So we're all trying to help each other out. And we're all trying to stick through this thing, Chris, before we do uh, sign off here, I do want to give you an opportunity to kind of go through some of the new changes to the podcast in regards to Having the uh, questions that usually came from Twitter, now we are going to relegate them to your Subtext channel.
1: Correct? Yes. So I, I did a bad job of this. Um, I didn't send out the text in in time enough before we recorded this podcast. But in the future, I will be sending out um, probably a couple of days in advance to my subscribers on Subtext. So if you want a question answered, if you want your voice to be heard in a different kind of way um, on the Wine & Gold Talk podcast. um, Just send a text to my subtext or reply to the text that I send out a couple of days in advance, and we'll try and go through as many of those as possible. Again, um, there were some complications. uh, There was information that came a little bit too late this time around. Um, But in the future, if, if you do want a question answered, Um, We do want to give you a voice. We do want to answer your questions because we know there are a lot of things that you're wondering, both about the Cavs and the NBA in general. Uh, The only way that you're going to be able to do that is through subtext. So if you're not a subscriber to subtext, try it out. The people um, who are subscribers seem to love it. We enjoy our interactions. Sometimes there's Q&A sessions. Sometimes there's different information that I pass along that I'm hearing that 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 doesn't require me to write a full 600 to 800 word story. It's just brief nuggets here and there. So if you're not a subscriber, check it out.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you if you want to definitely sign up for Chris's and that's where you're going to get your questions answered. Also, if I see a question on my subtext, yep, uh, you can send it to me, too. Uh, it's same kind of deal, and we will have both of ours posted on the cleveland.com uh, story that I'm going to post uh, with that has information to both of our subtexts. And again, I think Chris, I believe it's still a 14-day free trial if you're signing up, right? I believe that is correct. Yes, and then then after that, it's 3.99 a month. Yep, which is like the it's less than a cup of coffee. And Chris gives like you said, he gives you great Cavs nuggets. I mean, now now are, you said you're talking to Cavs people more than ever, so. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Nuggets are coming in fast and furious, or is it just kind of dead because we're all kind of just like, well, what are we doing? How what is going? What's I, I, what I've said to people is that, like, I can't really even tell you what tomorrow's going to bring. I mean, tomorrow could bring a whole new set of circumstances and set of challenges, and and you know, things could change on the dime in one day. So I, I I understand where everybody's coming from, and that things are just kind of on a hold right now.
1: It, it, so just to give people an idea of like what I send out on subtext, I will give uh, word for word the, the text that I sent two days ago to my subscribers. I said, good afternoon. Asked one member of the organization for his prediction on what happens this offseason with the team. Now, this was just one person, but I thought his prediction was very, very interesting. Andre Drummond will opt in and get signed and traded elsewhere Tristan Thompson returns to Cleveland at a lower team-friendly number. Kevin Love stays. He doesn't get traded. We shall see lots of decisions still to make. So that was me passing along one small nugget from one person within the organization. There are so many different people inside an organization that I talked to. But that was one person's prediction on what happened. And I thought it was really, really interesting that he thought um, Andre Drummond would not be here next year.
0: Well, that's an interesting nugget for a couple of reasons, but again, a
1: great example of what you guys can find on
0: Chris's subtext specifically. And uh, yeah, that's, that's something we could dive into next episode, because again, we're going to have, we're going to have, we're going to be posting every Monday, pretty much every Monday. I don't know. um, You know, like I said, we don't know what the future holds for anything at this point, but we're going to hopefully be uh, coming out every Monday with an episode and we'll have, like I said, it could be seven months, unfortunately, until we see the NBA back in Cleveland or even longer. So we'll have plenty of time to answer your offseason questions, plenty of time to get into a bunch of different things in regards to the NBA. Uh, Chris, before we let you go and before this podcast ends, you said you've been watching a lot of Netflix. You've been, you know, <laughs> doing a lot of stuff. I mean, we always try to end it on a little bit of a lighter note. Yeah. Any any week, any week like plans this week for shows, for TV, or are you just kind of playing it by ear?
1: Yeah, man, I'm kind of playing it by ear. I got through yeah. season 12 of Criminal Minds, and season 13 yeah. is not on Netflix, so I had to buy season 13 on Amazon Prime. Um, so season 13 of Criminal Minds is certainly um, on my radar. Love is blind. People continue to tell me to keep watching that, so that's <laughs> on my radar. There you go. I, I was contemplating the other day, um, I don't remember which service I was on, but one of them, Hayden, has Friday Night Lights.
0: Okay, like the uh, original?
1: The original TV series, Friday Night Lights. Okay. So I was wondering, since I'm going to have a lot of time, if now is the time to go back and rewatch one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, because it's been so one. long since yeah. I last watched it. And it is a timeless show. It is a fantastic show, and because I just kind of stumbled upon it when I was searching for for other shows that are available, yeah, it made me think: Is that going to be next on my list?
0: That's a great. That's a great show. But you know what? You know what's funny about that? I mean, there are like a million Friday Night Lights. So obviously, there's a movie, right? Which was I thought was a great movie. Yeah, Boobie Miles. Uh, you want to win? Put Boobie in, and then you have the show. And then you have like other spin-off shows, right? There aren't there spin-off shows of Friday Night Lights? Um, I don't know that. Are there? I thought there were. Or maybe it's I'm just sure. like the name is so common.
1: Well, I think it might be that the name is sh- the name is so common and I think you're talking about like other, I don't know if it's a documentary or something along those lines of of like Texas high school football. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but uh, I'm talking about like the
1: better. one with yes, like, Smash I know, what Smash you're Williams. About. Yes.
0: okay, good. yes, I know exactly okay. what it was. it was on. I believe it was on NBC, yes, it was
1: on NBC, yes, okay, NBC,
0: yeah, good. I, re- of course, and yeah, I totally remember that one, right. it was a good one. I actually started watching that in college, and I oh, did know. you really? Okay, yeah, I don't remember if I have, I don't think I finished it. Was it was Minka Kelly in that one,
1: yes, right. <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> That is for maybe sure.
0: The, maybe, maybe today's not the day, but maybe one of these days we can talk about Kelly Cuoco.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I we can, can talk it. for hours.
0: Oh, I know. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Maybe today's not the day. We're already an hour in. Might as well yeah. hold it for another time.
1: Well, everybody's doing this new thing, Hayden. I'm sure you've seen it because you're all over social media. The yes. top five everything.
0: Yes, everything is top five. Uh, everything yes, is top five. And what? so what is your top
1: five of what? what I don't know. Maybe about? we could do the top five shows to watch during this, quote unquote, physical distancing. You want to do
0: – how about we do top five next – next week is top five week. We okay. could talk about, like, top five NBA stuff. We could talk about ca- top five yeah. Cavs stuff. We could talk about there top
1: you go. five – I love that idea. That's yes. beautiful. Yes. All we right. Probably, so check- we probably should have done that for this podcast itself. But we just thought of it right now. So, yes, we did.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, we're all just trying to get through to the next day, man. (laughs) So, next week, I'll have a whole bunch of top five lists and it'll be, or I'll have a bunch of top five ideas. Yeah. That gives us time to think about our list too, not just so haphazard off the top of our heads, you know? That's exactly
1: right. I like it. All right.
0: So, in the meantime, Chris, stay well. Go make an extra trip to Walgreens because I know you've been cooped up in your house for a (laughs) while. And uh, hopefully you're still doing well, feeling good. Hopefully your wife's doing well too. Yep. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Well, thank you all for listening to the Wine and Gold Talk Podcast. Thanks again for Chris to Chris Fedor for joining us as always. And again, our best to you out there as we all battle through this coronavirus pandemic together. Be well, stay well, eat well, sleep well, all that good stuff. We will talk to you next week. And think of your top fives and once more. Sign up for Project Text, Chris Fedor, $3.99 a month, and you get 14 days free. That way, you can send Chris your questions, and we will get them right here on the Wine and Go Talk podcast. So thanks again, everybody. Take care.